everyone, and welcome to another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three... What did you call us, Danny? I don't remember. Shenanigan-ridden? I don't know. It was like disgruntled harpies. Yeah, I think I did. disgruntled harpies. I think I did call us harpies. (laughs) Talk to you about whatever we like, whether that's movies, books, TV shows, but all centered around romance. My name's Liz. I'm Danny. I'm Wiggles. And welcome to the episode. Today, we're going to talk to you about Half a Soul by Olivia Atwater. But per usual, before we go any further, I have to make sure that you're all aware that we are crass and unhinged, and we're going to talk about whatever is in the book using all of the words that might describe the things in the books. If you know, you know. So if you don't like that, best we be saying goodbye. We've discovered we've lost a lot of shame while doing this podcast. Uh Uh-huh. So goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you guys been up to lately? Catch me up on your lives. I just finished Witchy Wonderland. I don't know why that was so hard to say. By Juliet Cross, which is the companion, I guess, book. It's not really one of her sequels. It's sort of in between all of them. And so it's got jumps along in the timeline. But it just gives you a little bit more information about some of the pairings that she's done before and it's centered around christmas time and uh, there's a little side story uh about jj the bartender so oh i like jj the bartender um so that was nice that's what i've been reading i did a bunch of stuff this week so i got peer pressured and have now started playing Baldur's gate yeah (laughs) yeah they peer pressured me it was them that and tiktok so then also the new Percy Jackson series launched this week mm. on Disney Plus. Oh, is it any good? So they only have two episodes out so far. It's killing me. Why didn't they just release the whole thing? But so I watched the two episodes and I'm I'm really excited. It is a little different than the book, but they stayed fairly close to it. I am really excited. The guy who plays Derek in A Good Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is Dionysus. That, that makes sense. That tracks. That tracks. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he, so he, he's kind of a dick in the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you've read the Percy Jackson series, Dionysus is a fucking asshole. He, he also is time. in Greek mythology. Yeah. yeah. He he's fully just, just takes over people's minds and goes, we're having a party in celebration of me because I'm special. I was born <laughs> out of Zeus's thigh. I'm so cool. So, but yeah, the fact that it was Derek, I was like, Oh, Mr. D is Derek? Oh. <laughs> Here's the thing. That actor, I feel bad that I can't think of his name, but he creeps up in a show like all the time. And you'll yes, be like does. and you'll be like, oh no, what's it what's it gonna be this time? And then it's it's him. It's yep. <laughs> yep. every time. In Brooklyn Nine Nine, he is so funny. And then the first time I think I saw him and, and remembered him was in the league. Yep. But then I also have been reading a book that Wiggles gave me for my birthday. Yay. Um, she gave both Liz and I for our birthdays, because our birthdays are about a month apart, a blind date with a book. And the book ended up looking real good. I just hadn't quite gotten to it yet, which is Sick Boys by Clarissa Wilde. Trigger warnings up the wazoo. Mm. And you two would both hate it. <laughs> it is very degrading, very coercive. 
it's very dark. There is more murder that happens. There's, it, there's a lot of darkness in this book. So far, I'm really liking it, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking spicy. And yeah, so I am really enjoying it. I'm about halfway through. It is a fairly long book, so I just haven't quite gotten to the end of it yet, but I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Liz? Well, I don't have as much as Danny. Hey, you now always you know have how way it more feels, than... Bitch. You come in here with your fucking laundry list <laughs> every episode. I've been I've been pulling back. Uh-huh. Pulling back. Uh-huh. But I did finish Paladin's Grace by T. Kingfisher. It is a lovely read. It's not spicy. There mm. is I mean, I guess it's like a one. Maybe a one point five. So there's a saucy kiss? Well, they they do actually have sex, but it's not it's not fade to black, but it's like using words to kind of describe things vaguely instead of just describing it Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it is a really good book I enjoy it a lot it's kind of set in like a high fantasy world except there isn't a lot of magic but if you think about like a city scape in like Witcher or something Mm -hmm. that kind of vibe Um, and it's about these paladins who their god has died and they're like what the fuck do we do now it was really good you should read it is that all yeah, I told wow. you I'm pulling back. I got one thing. How <laughs> am thing? I the one this week? I'm you never the, the one. one. You are the one. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the book and the author. I'm going to skip over a little bit of the author today because if you go on Goodreads for Half a Soul, she's included a bunch of fun facts about her writing process on this book. And that's I think cool. that's more wow. interesting. So. If you don't like that, start your own podcast. God. Ugh. Anyway, so. I thought you were talking to us about that, not the viewers for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, um. Well, start your own podcast, gals. <laughs> I'll be here giving off fun facts. Okay. Then you get to talk to yourself, Lakes. <laughs> Do that anyway. <laughs> so, first and foremost, she, she did a bunch of research about the Regency era which shows, but she wrote a lot of this during her lunch breaks. She would go over to like a nearby cafe and she would just write them there. First, her first scene that she came up with was Theodora in the fountain. And according to her fun facts, that basically has not changed in any of her edits. That's like her core idea of the story. Also, these were originally published independently elsewhere. So I don't know like where you would find those, but the, the books that we are holding and referencing are reprints with, as she puts it, pretty covers. Oh, so they do have pretty covers. They do have pretty I covers. I do like them. This one, I appreci- appreciated her putting in here because I picked up on it. I'm sure you two picked up on it as well. Theodora's half half a soul is indeed a metaphor for neurodivergence. Mm-hmm. She shares many of my own neurodivergent qualities along with a few from my friends. So that was nice. Also, she a lot of the folklore that she uses in this is traditional folklore. So it was believed that the children who were stolen by the fairies would come, they would be traded out with a fairy child and that child would be odd. And so now it's sort of suspected that those stories of these odd children, that those kids were probably just neurodivergent, which... Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. There's also a reference uh, where Lord Hollowvale calls Elias a changeling, another common folklore. So yeah, there's a lot more that she has on there, but I don't want to read them all off 
directly to you because that would be really boring. But if you want to find more of them, she also has a bunch of fun facts about the Regency era listed on there. So go to her Goodreads for Half a Soul and she's got all of it right there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That was way better than what I was going to do. Yeah, see, awesome. this is why you should do these. I see what you're doing here. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. It's not thinly veiled. Or, is, or it is thinly veiled? It is thinly veiled. It is thinly veiled. <laughs> All right. Should I talk about what the book's about? Yeah, Danny, do yeah, it to it. Yeah. All right. So Theodora, it's a Regency era. She's she's in the ton and she's being raised by her aunt and uncle because her parents are both dead. One day she's sitting outside avoiding schoolwork because of course she is. And a fairy shows up and says that her mother sold her to him and grabs on to her to take her with him. And her cousin stabs him with a pair of iron embroidery scissors, which as somebody who does cross stitch and embroidery, those are fucking sharp. They are Mm -hmm. very sharp. Yes. And so he ends up taking half her soul. They don't realize that that's what happened, but it's like she has no emotions anymore. She feels certain things, but just at a very lesser thing. So she becomes, to most other people, very odd. Mm-hmm. Jump forward many years, because they were literal children when this happened. They are 18 and 19 years old. She is not, Dora is 19 years old at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. And her cousin is now out in the season and everything, and she's out with her because she wants to protect her. Her cousin finagles it so that they end up in London for the season specifically because she wants to talk to the Grand Saucier. Lord Saucier. Lord Saucier. He's basically the sorcerer for the Prince Regent because he wants she wants to try to break whatever happened to Dora because they don't know what happened at this point. They know that she's fairy cursed, but they they were informed to never tell anybody because it could be, you know, bad things for the entire family and everything. And so she finag- her cousin finagles it so that they get there so she can talk to her about to him about this to get her fixed. Mm-hmm. Shenanigans ensue. They sure do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Lots of shenanigans. This is a very lovely, lovely written book. Yes. Yes. Well, I, before we started reading this, I, I did actually take the time to to look up some other opinions. And uh, the the word that keeps like coming up, like if you did one of those little word blobby things where it's mm-hmm. like... The biggest word is the word used most, comfort. And yeah. I was like, yeah, this is a very comforting mm-hmm. read. I really enjoyed that. I was like, oh, I'm just going to settle in, read my book. <laughs> <laughs> the audiobook is so worth it. Yeah? Yeah, it's just, it. she has the perfect accent for it. Mm. I was listening to it while driving to um, a family Christmas. <laughs> but it was, oh. She she lulled me into a sense of comfort, and I probably will listen as I go to sleep to this. There's much to talk about. Although, my one grape that I want to put forward is, you cannot be charging this much for this skinny of a book. How dare you? There's no place to buy it. Cheap. How dare you? What the hell is with paperback books being like fucking 20 bucks now? Right? I don't know. Fuck that shit. I shop a lot on like book outlet i use a lot but they whatever books they have they come and go you never know what you're gonna get i did get this book on there for like seven or eight bucks nice or thrift books to get used shit but if you walk into barnes and noble it's insane it's insane target actually isn't bad but you have to like watch when they have deals on specific books it's true 
I sometimes just walk through the book section of Walmart or Target and be like, oh, this is mine now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I literally judge a book by, by its cover and I don't give a shit. I research everything. I'm like, okay, this book looks cool. What does it say on Goodreads? Stars seem acceptable. Is it on Kindle Unlimited? Or can I get it on Audible with my subscription? No? Okay, cool. Can I get it cheaper somewhere else? Like all of that happens before I I buy something. If I'm thrifting, I do whatever the fuck I want. If I'm going to spend money, I check around. And there was no place that I found. I'm glad you found a place. There was no place that I found where this was less than $14. And I was like, fuck you. Because with shipping, then it's all still $17. So God damn it. This book is less than 280 pages. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, if your book is less than 300 pages, you have no right to be charging more than $10 for it. Absolutely none. I don't care if it's brand new. That's insane. And I said, what's up? And I sit in that truth. (laughs) I got the audiobook, so I have no input on that. I (laughs) Well, just, you know general input of how stupidly expensive things are now yeah. the audiobook was like 14 dollars, but that's a performance so i sure i did forgive it slightly when i realized that there was also a novella included but i was still piping i mad. did not listen to the novella you're fine it was fine it was fine it didn't have the same magic okay so let's talk about the early ongoings of dora and victoria vanessa that's what I said, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> when you edit it to say Dora and Vanessa, wink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dora and Vanessa. I love them. They're very, very cute. And it sort of bucks the tradition of Victorian Regency era. Like all of uh, that, the idea that you're... Uh, an orphan essentially and then like you are added onto this family and treated like an equal that does not happen in in the regency era you're no. a burden you're a mariana uh from bridgerton right, right. like mm-hmm. so i did like that they have this like deep-seated bond that continues even after this horrible event happens to dora her aunt and uncle well her uncle's pretty indifferent to everything he's barely in there but her aunt's pretty horrible to her her aunt is, but Vanessa is not. Vanessa is no. extremely protective of Dora. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which I enjoyed that Vanessa easily could have been written as kind of like a one note character. And mm-hmm. instead, it's not like that at all. Well, and she is in every other aspect of her life. The people pleaser, you know, the I'm coming out in society and everything wants to do everything perfect in every other aspect except for with Dora. And with Dora, she is like conniving and Mm -hmm. but not to Dora but to help Dora like we're gonna put together this big elaborate plan so we can meet the Lord Sorcier when it comes to Dora she is a mama bear Uh uh-huh for sure well and I get the sense that Vanessa's mom would not have been as awful to Dora prior to this happening she would have treated her as well as she treats Vanessa yeah which is not well but no it's um, not but yeah I agree yeah I I think that she looks at Dora as a potential issue to Vanessa getting married off the way she should and that makes her a problem which quite frankly she's actually quite an asset in that regard because quite frankly the people that they were putting Vanessa with prior to going to London are just stupid the purebred guy oh yeah that guy oh my goodness i was laughing driving down the road 
laughing hysterically listening to that. It's giving Mr. Collins. For oh, for sure. sure. Oh, yeah. You know, what was the, what's the name of the Weasley guy in Bridgerton that tries to get Daphne? I don't remember his name. Uh, Nigel Burbrook. That's it. Yes. That it's really giving that. Not not even Mr. Collins. It's Nigel Burbrook being up in this bitch. Yeah. Purebred. I love her conversation. If you bred a, a horse with a dolphin, would it come out with the head of a dolphin? That is not, that is a question. That is something to mess with. So because she knows she's doing it. Well, and the answer she finally does get from the Lord Shadow something. Yeah, the the Fey Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. is the correct answer. Like, if no matter what, it needs to be in the water, then it has to have the head of a dolphin. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you know, for a nonsensical world, you're the one making sense. <laughs> right. I love that she's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she literally just Shadow said it, it was something that threw somebody off at a at a party in the you know for the ton before, and she was trying to do it again, and it didn't work. <laughs> Well, I believe that he is in one of the sequels. I can't remember which one is which right now. The the that that fairy lord. I think it's the second one and I think the plot is that he is interfering with this uh next main character's marriage prospect and I'm like I'm so excited. He seemed lovely enough. He wasn't and being an asshole, he's just at a fairy party. Well, and he he was trying to play by the rules. Yeah, he was, like, or at least what he thought the rules were. Right? He was like, "This is so quaint. I love it." Lord Blackthorn, I believe. Is wow, his name. God, I was so far no, off. No, I think Shadow whatever is um is that what the Elias fake is? name that Elias uses? Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Now I need to read the second book. I'm so fucking excited. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm, I already I bought will them. Be. I already yeah. bought them. So that's a little like preview to what my ratings are going to be, y'all. <laughs> I already bought. The next two. So, Olivia, if you could start on number four, I'll be done with these in a snap. So, (laughs) up to it. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to, like, when they were younger, I don't know why this is the image that I conjured into my brain, but this is how I pictured Lord Hallowvale. Have you ever watched What We We Do in the Shadows, the TV show? Yeah, the TV show. So, you remember the episode (laughs) where they had Mark Hamill on? Yes. That character is how I picture this man looking really? the entire episode. Yes. <laughs> he does kind of act like that character. Right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> to me, he was the funniest shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, even as he's doing evil shit, I'm like, you're pretty funny, dude. <laughs> See, he creeped me out so bad. I was just like, hmm. Yeah, especially once you actually, like, mid to end of the book, he comes back uh, when Dora goes to fairy. I was just like, you are messed up in the weirdest way. He was almost giving Joker vibes. Yes. Yes. Yes, he was. And by that, I do mean the comic Joker. Don't don't be like, don't come out here with like Walking Phoenix hates Ledger. No, 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 no. Like, they're great. That's not the Joker we're talking about. I'm talking about the psychopath mm-hmm. who like the killing joke level of Joker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He very much was. I also, for some reason, cannot get the image of Vanessa stabbing this man out of my brain. Especially because she was like six or something when she did it. So she just ran up and stabbed him in the leg. I, I don't think I would have had the forthright at six seeing somebody choking my cousin out to grab a pair of scissors and stab him with them. Especially because they're not big scissors. And 
you would never have to do that really like in Vanessa's position as mm-hmm. a yeah. like an actual lord and lady household stuff the idea of having to stab somebody mm-hmm. you're not a lower class person walking through the the slums of London she and she had no hesitation she just went for it not like i see her just diving cuz she stabs him in the in the in the calf, calf. Mm-hmm. so i just, just see her like Wah! stabbing in the leg and i'm like I'm so proud of you, especially as, you know, the people pleasing little girl that she probably was. She just took no hesitation whatsoever to stab an adult. I think it would be really interesting to maybe in future books, because I think the third book is about Elias and Dora's daughter. I really hope Vanessa is in it and we just get to see her mama bear over everyone. Yes, it is about her daughter, their daughter, but they, they adopt Abigail so it's oh. so yes and, uh, yes and uh, yes there's and. no there's no but it's just yes and so we already know her and love her <laughs> i really want to read the novella next because there's one book in between this one or novella in between half a soul and i think a thousand stitches is the next one and i think it's about them adopting abigail mm. and then the third book is about abigail's fucking life yes I'm excited to talk about her, but I still think we need, we need to wrap up where we were at before. Because here's the the thing about the way that goes down is she he's essentially like sucking the soul out of her body just to send it to fairy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all this time that there's this disconnect afterwards that Dora is unable to tap into her emotions is not is how I would describe it. Right. Not necessarily how Dora perceives it right and this whole time this poor other half of her soul is feeling all the things dora is feeling i know i was like oh i think i'd rather be without the emotions right than be the one that has all of the emotions on Mm -hmm. all of the time well and what it sounds like is because we do get to finally meet that other half of her later on in the book is that anytime dora's having a bad day then all of a sudden it's it's felt down there. So she's like, I never know why I'm so sad all the time. And Dora's had a very sad life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, but I, I don't feel it. I Like you can say your mean words to me and I'll just put them to this pile I have at the bottom of my heart. And it's like. Right. I think the way she describes it is such a really good, well, I guess way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is that Dora feels the long tail emotions mm-hmm. like she that. she doesn't feel like anger right now but it will build over time and then she'll start to get irked by things yeah the longer she has to think on it and consider it that's while she starts to feel the annoyance the anger the sadness whatever yeah so she doesn't necessarily feel the things that her aunt says to her right in the moment which is what pisses her aunt off so much because she totally says them to try to get an emotion out of her. Mm-hmm. But she does feel it later on. She says like whenever I. What it, what exactly does she say? Whenever I f- dredge up like the, the emotions from the bottom of my heart. These are the words I remember. And it's like the shitty things her aunt says. Right. She puts them in a box to consider later. Yeah. Or something. She That's how, kind of how she puts it. Yeah. I, I just have. Uh, the metaphor that stuck with me and I don't think this is the one she uses every time but it's someone that kept coming to my brain was this pile of words Mm -hmm. yes and I was like that 
is really a great way to describe it. It you might even bury some of those words with other ones, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still there. <laughs> I just briefly want to mention that I love all of the metaphors that are used in this yes. book. Yes. I think the way anything was described, it felt both like it really belonged in the Regency area, like the late language was appropriate, mm-hmm. but also just fresh and different from the other stuff we've been reading. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And everything, she is incredibly good at describing things. Everything, because like it's not that long a book, but she did a very good job of explaining what the things around her yeah. looked like and everything. So like I could see it in my mind when she walked yes. into the bookshop and was looking at the mirror. Well, the other thing I really liked about her writing style is that it felt in vain with a lot of the fairy tales that we know, mm-hmm. but it also did not feel like it was replicating it. It felt like something new. And the the other author that I think we've talked about him on this podcast before, but the other author that I know of that does this very well is Neil Gaiman, oh, yeah. where it's 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 very much in the vein of of fairy tales that already exist but is very much his own style even within that right uh-huh. and i loved her language choices i loved the the way that things flowed the pacing was great mm-hmm. the the writing on this was very very good it was really absolutely good. the only thing that stopped me is there were sometimes and i don't have like, any of them marked but there were sometimes a few sentences or paragraphs where i was just like huh wait, what are you saying? And then I would reread it and either decide I understood it or it didn't matter for me to understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I also liked that going when they showed the distinction from going from the country to in town, the language that she used shifted slightly. It almost seemed more languid when they were still in the country. And when they got into town, everything felt very almost had like a chopped feel to it where it was like okay we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this and I was like oh okay I guess I didn't notice that I didn't either I did really appreciate that when they did go into London and everything most of the time in these kind of novels and stuff when they get to the bigger city everything is gorgeous and they're so excited and blah 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 the first thing she says about London is that it reeks of piss Mm-hmm. And sweat and and all of this. I really appreciate it because I I haven't been to that many larger cities, but there is definitely a smell. Yes. In the ones that I've been to. I'm not sure if London is that way. I have never been there. At this time it was. But yes, and absolutely in this time period, it would stink of piss and sweat and horses probably too. Also, just cleanliness was reserved for the wealthy. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Even just having hot water was was a privilege, right? And I like that she acknowledges it to to the point that her aunt and cousin are literally gagging, like cannot yes. handle yeah. it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we romanticize this place so much, and it didn't really earn it at that point. Well, since we have just talked about them arriving in London, let's talk about their arrival in London. Her mother has essentially decided, well, her not her mother, sorry, her aunt. They're staying with a countess, I believe. Yes. I don't remember her name specifically, but they're staying with a countess. Holloway is what I have in my hand. That it sounds familiar. Calloway? Calloway. I think it's, isn't that uh, Albert's mom? Yeah, I think that's Albert's mother. The countess. She's not that important. No. She's a rich bitch. They're staying with a rich bitch. Um, And 
they pretty much have decided like they get there, they, you know, go to bed and everything. And then the next morning they have Vanessa up getting new dresses and just abandon Dora, essentially. They're going to get away with her not, you know, being a part of all of this. Yeah. When Vanessa specifically brought her because of reasons that her her mother admittedly does not know. But she made it very clear that she wanted Dora to come. She wanted her to be a part of this and everything. And just to, to clear the air, the pe- lady they stay with is Lady Hayworth. Hayworth. You know, all these names sound the same. Well, Callaway or Calla whatever is Albert's mother. Caraway. Caraway or something like that. Yeah. Like I said, they all sound the same. They're dry in their English. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, But so she at one point is like, well, I'm sick of fucking sitting here getting ignored. So I'm going to wander out into the streets. The scandal of that, though. Yeah. Right. With no chaperone. Yeah. She just <gasps> do whatever she fuck she wants. <laughs> she do what she want. And so she she initially is going to look for iced cakes. I mean, I would. Yeah. But she gets lost a bunch and then she it starts raining and she steps into a bookshop. I also like that because that's kind of the first time you really start to understand how disconnected she is as an adult now. Yeah. Because she says that she moves out of the rain because she's trying to blend in with everybody else and look normal. Yeah. Not because she doesn't want to get wet. She doesn't even think about that factor. She's like, oh, oops, I'm doing it again. I'm doing my weird shit. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't actually care that she's wet and she's, you know, she's not cold because she doesn't really feel the cold that much. I didn't understand that part. Your emotions shouldn't play with your understanding of temperature. Well, I think that's part of where you get the the fairy touch part of it. You know, that that takes it beyond just being a metaphor for neurodivergence. Sure. Yeah. Where it's like they've also done something else to numb her body as well. Fair enough. But that is also where we get to meet Albert and Elias. Albert and Elias. They're so cute. My question to the two of you is, did you think it was going to be Albert at first? Yes. Yes. I I thought we were going to get our, our little like golden retriever romance. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. This is cute. This definitely <laughs> uh, comes from the fact that we don't seem to read a lot of summaries before we, we, we do just this. go in. <laughs> And we decide we're going to have fun with whatever we get. Well, I was actually conflicted at a point, though, because after that scene, I was like, wait a minute, which one of these are we supposed to get? And the back of the book is very clearly Elias. And I was like, but but Albert, though, mm-hmm. poor sweet Albert. I was like, sweet baby. By the end of that scene, I knew it was going to be Elias. Yeah. But I very much like Albert and I very much like him because he treats them the same. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. just like he smart smarts off to both of them because she says stuff that she doesn't realize is, you know, a little out there or a little strange or whatever in in that society. Now I'd be like, yeah, you go, girl. But is a little strange in that society. And he cops off to her with it, you know. And Elias is the same way. And that's not because he doesn't know that what he's saying is inappropriate for the surroundings or whatever. It's that he doesn't give a shit. Well, and Dora is not scandalized by Elias. Like a lot of the other women would just go, oh, my God, he spoke to me like that. And she meets him beat for beat. I I was like, oh, (laughs) I like them. 
Yeah. I would I would disagree with you slightly and I in that I don't think he doesn't care. I think he does it because he does care. He wants the the scandalized reaction. Yes. And that that's what makes him go, "Bitch the fuck? I'm scary. <laughs> he, you should be scared." He, he literally tried to actually physically scare her at first meeting cuz she was staring into that mirror and mm-hmm. she had seen what she thought was her murder. And that he was there and everything. And then he says, don't drip on the books. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking that she's actually like bleeding then. And he was just talking about the fact that she's wet and leaning over these books in the bookshop. But he snuck up on her and it didn't scare her. She's just like, what? Oh, am I dripping on the books? And he's like, that was weird. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's just Albert being like, if he was a gentleman, he would have given you his coat by now. He's like, take my coat. And that's when I was like, oh, Albert. I You're know. so sweet. Well, and I, I was, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's Elias, and then at, at the ball where they meet up again, I'm like, but is it? I know. I was like, but is it? Because this scene is <laughs> cute. I'm in love with Albert. I am right. glad that he got his ending. Mm-hmm. I was like, either the next book needs to be about Albert, or he needs to get his happily yes. ever after now. Yes. And then Miss Jennings showed up, and I was like, if these two don't get together, right? I will write I did it. Such a quick flip. I was like. Miss Jennings, <laughs> I well, have I love the that, man like, for you. Yep. Before Miss Jennings came into the picture, though, I love that her aunt and the countess or whatever are plotting for Vanessa to get Albert's older brother and that she should marry Albert, which I'm like, fine. They're both good people. They are. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't really get to see his older brother ever. No, but I can't imagine his mother raising a bad person. Well, Albert did have good things to say about him. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would not be upset if you married Albert, but I also understand why you're like, you need to be able to make these decisions for yourself, stop playing these games with people and that she wanted Vanessa to be with Albert because she liked Albert. She trusts Albert and he's wonderful. And I'm like, I would also not be upset if Vanessa was with Albert because he's wonderful. I had a moment. Okay, maybe Vanessa and Albert get together. Mm-hmm. And then there there was Vanessa's reaction to the workhouses. Houses. Either she needs to have a complete 180 on her character, which she kind of does, or this this would not work between right. her and Albert. Yeah. I will say, going back to Albert's older brother, another example of her just knocking the metaphors out of the park and knocking the language out of the park. When Albert is asked by Dora if his brother is a good person, he says that his his goodness and his kindness has never been tested. So yes. he believes that he probably is, but he doesn't know what he's like under fire. And I'm like, oh, that's, oh, she's so good at this. She's so good at this. Well, and it makes absolute sense coming from Albert, who has been to war. Yeah. He has had everything tested. Mm-hmm. So he could really see the fact that his brother hasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been to war. He is missing an arm, which which is why everybody looks down at him. And I love that Dora at one point was like, he lost his arm in war protecting England from France. You should be like respecting him. I mean, she didn't say it like that because she's Dora, but that's how I would have said it. Yeah. Well, and that's, uh, again, very true for that that time period is right. this idea of looking down on somebody who is, quote unquote, not whole. Right. Yeah. But like, fuck you. He's a doctor. They he's don't a give surgeon. Shit. He has a pretty arm. A fully functional yes. arm from Elias, our mm-hmm. extremely powerful magician. I pictured it like that, like as if it was made out of the same material as the Silver Surfer. 
Oh. That's how I was. Yeah. See, I pictured it as a combination of that and Bucky's arm. Mm. I think I was thinking more of like Bucky's arm, but it would make more sense to have Silver Surfer like fluidity to it because he said he could fully move it and do right. whatever. It's not chunky. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I pictured it being fully functional like Bucky's arm, but pretty. Mm-hmm. Like the shiny. Yeah. Is why I thought Silver Surfer and Bucky because Bucky is not shiny. No. Bucky's looks like well, a robot. Not that arm. attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I can make him shiny. I'll change him. I can fix him. We're not talking about Bucky. We're talking about his arm. <laughs> okay. So I'm 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 over the dilling. I'm over the dallying. I want to talk about Elias. Oh, Elias. He is. Ho, ho. He is. Ho, ho. I do love a grumpy man. Mm-hmm. 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 I love a, a smart, oh. grumpy, scarred man. What more do I need? <laughs> more than just being a grumpy man. He's a sassy, grumpy man. Oh, yes. yes. And I love the sassiness of it. Every time he talked, I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> Say Hi, more. sir. Yes. Well, Keep talking. And then he's also anti-establishment. And I'm like, yes. boy, <laughs> my <Right>. guy. <laughs> While being distinctly very much part of the establishment. There is actually a conversation in the novella that Albert has with Elias, where Elias is offered the position of Lord Sorcier. Mm-hmm. And Albert, and he's like, I don't want to be a part of the establishment. And Albert's like, well, you can fix it better from the inside. Yeah, essentially fair is what enough. It is. Albert is definitely the grounding force to Elias's yeah. anger, justified as it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this this guy was checking all the boxes. Yeah, he was. I it's one of my favorite moments between him and Dora is he's talking about how much he <laughs> doesn't like French because he, he can't translate it very well and he always needs Albert to translate it for him. And she goes, Oh yeah, I can see that Lord Sorcier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, well, that's the best part about Dora is that she's convinced she's like, oh, I, I don't have any emotion. I was like, you got sass, ma'am. You got sass. <laughs> you just like you just have some emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because when she's talking to Elias, it's almost like the way he talks gives her permission to talk however she wants. Mm-hmm. And they just they go at it. And I love I love some good bickering or yes. quipping. Yes. All the way through, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm just like... (gasps) And this delivered something that almost none of our romance novels have done this entire... Since we've started, right? One of the things that is like the thing that fills me up, which is the angst. The heart flutters were a fluttering on this one (laughs) constantly. Like every like 10 pages, I was like, oh hello (laughs) Elias does have lots of angst yes yeah he is an angsty bitch and I love him for it I love some angst I love like the I'm not supposed to tell you this but I'm deeply in love with you and you're like yes (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh this also gave us a lot of uh hand touching and Mm -hmm. I do love some good hand touching yes we saw no ankle though he saw more than that. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so the, the titular scene that was talked about um, at the beginning of the episode. I can't believe you just used the word titular. I was going to say, good job using the word titular. I have a very strong vocabulary. I, know, I just we know. choose to say fuck and shit and bitch more often. <laughs> I just, it came out and I was like, oh, that's a good word. Yeah. Thank you. 
that's not on my calendar word of the day. No, I'm just kidding. I was like, you don't uh, have no fucking calendar <laughs> word of the day. day. I don't even know if you can get those anymore. But I don't. God damn it, guys! No, I don't know what it's like. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm back. We're back. Everything's good. So I just have to completely discredit my intelligence after saying a five-syllable word. Uh, anyway, so. It's not five syllables. Shut the no. fuck up, Liz. <laughs> You're not ever supposed to draw attention to when I do something right, because then I can't do it anymore. <laughs> now I've got full dumb, and it's your fault. <laughs> we, that was our bad. I just, it, I couldn't help saying it. I'm sorry. How dare you? <laughs> dare we acknowledge you and yes. like using a good word yes all right well do you want to don't talk be about nice the to fountains? me i don't know what to do with it <laughs> okay bitch talk about the fucking fountain scene then. okay see that's, that that's all i asked for god damn oh my god so the fountain scene is what we're talking about so the vision she has when she's back in the magic shop is that she's got this red dripping from her and she presumes it to be blood and then in the course the way, of what happened anyone would well you know i don't i don't know what their punch was like sure and uh so what inevitably does happen is that the lord saucier uh spills punch all over her and she's like this is great this allows me to escape from uh this dance it's gonna be great and then she's like shit I promised Albert's mom that I would talk to her and I have to do that so my cousin can get married. So I got to actually get my shit together and fully focusing on needing to do that. She like lets all other decorum go out of her head, which is a very neurodivergent thing to do. Mm-hmm. She's focused on, on the solution to the problem, right. not the... Not the other factors at play. Yeah. And just strips down and starts dunking her dress in the fountain. She's like, this will get it out. (laughs) She's like in their garden and there's literally hundreds of people. When she was doing that, I was also going, so you're just going to walk back into the party with a soaking wet dress. Right. Yeah, that was also my thought process. I was like, you maybe are fixing one problem, but you are now creating another. Yes. Yes, 1000%. I had that same thought and I was like, I've also made choices on par with this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me, uh, to quote T-Swift. So, you know, but of course, the person that catches her is Elias, who comes out and is like, okay, so you got away from them. So let's talk about it. And he's like, bitch, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You were basically in your underwear. You're just out here where anyone could find you. Like, this is literally a very bad idea. And she's like, oh, I see the problem. Now. I, I'm seeing I'm seeing this. And but like it takes her forever to just recognize that. Oh, by the way, I'm out here in just my underwear. Like you're holding she's holding her dress and just going, what? I'm doing laundry. What part of this is confusing? He's like, the your naked part, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't, uh, we never get to know Elias's perspective truly. Right. There's never his point of view. But I can just imagine that he is literally going, ha, oh, ma'am. <laughs> 
Because realistically, the timeline of this is pretty short, but that makes sense. Regency era, you got to marriage hella mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. Right. But Elias seems to like fall for her quickly. Right. By the second dance, he's intrigued. Yeah. Because what has led up to this is Elias has been forced into dancing with Dora by Albert, who sees the chemistry in yeah. that magic shop. And he's oh, like, yeah. done Albert deal. played some matchmaking shit yeah. there. He was he was fully on it. And Elias is like, fine, if I must, I will do this. But I want you to know, as I'm dancing with you, I hate this. And she's like, cool beans, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even before that dance, Vanessa had talked to Elias and was Mm -hmm. like, you need to fix my cousin and like Mm -hmm. fully told him everything Mm -hmm. and even offered to marry him to to help Dora. I also like his reaction to that where he's like, if I wanted something pretty, I'd buy it. And I was like, bro. (laughs) burn god damn but so by the second dance they're talking about her problem and he's like tell me everything yes and she's like well the dance is gonna end bro so you can't so okay bye (laughs) (laughs) well and what really catches him off guard because she mentions that she saw in the mirror that she was bleeding out Mm -hmm. and it was she was wearing exactly what she was wearing he was wearing exactly what he was wearing and that is what instantly he was like Hold on, what? You wait to tell me until now? <laughs> Where it, it could happen this second? Why aren't, why? Tell me specifically all of the things. And then she happens to look over. He's kind of freaking out about it because he want, he doesn't want her to die. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an asshole, but he's not a scumbag. To quote a different podcast. Yes, to yes. quote a different <laughs> podcast that I love very much. You know, he doesn't want her to get hurt. So he's like, okay, well, we need to figure this out because we need to, you know, have it not happen. And then she happens to see Vanessa drinking the punch. Oh, will you be a deer and go get me some of that punch? Mm -hmm. And so she kind of made it happen by seeing what she saw. And, uh, you know, happy you didn't die. Yep. Yeah. Glad glad it wasn't actually murder. Well, the funny thing is, I like the way that that's put in. Because it holds off from you liking Elias too soon. Yeah. Because he flies off the handle because somebody bumped his elbow and he spills a punch, right? right. And he just completely goes, <laughs> like turns into this rage monster for a minute. And then he's mm-hmm. like, I need to get out of here. This isn't working out. And so you, he, you see him at his worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's only as you get to know him better that you realize that like he's literally holding on by a thread. Yeah, he yeah. he pretty much has PTSD. Oh yes, and he's compounding that PTSD mm-hmm. by pursuing this cure for something that we haven't talked about is this what they're calling like a sleeping plague, mm-hmm. where kids are falling asleep and not waking up. Yep, it's affecting the children in workhouses in London. So he's. And he's become, while he doesn't seem like somebody who would, you know, overly care about children in workhouses in London because he's a grumpy ass bitch, he gives a shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, why, why the fuck is this happening? He wants to fix it. I love him even more for that. It's the children. Well, he plays up the I'm a, I'm a bad guy. Don't 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 get confused. Just because right. I'm doing nice stuff doesn't mean I'm not a bad guy. I'm just interested because this is weird. And Dora <laughs> sees through that right away. She's like, mm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. bud. Sure it is. Well, I suppose we're talking about the workhouses. Do we want to jump into them? Because that's such a major yes. portion of the book. 
it's very clear that uh, Elias and Albert have this unique perspective to the people that they are around yeah, and that they are pursuing this. Albert as a doctor is going to these workhouses, trying to treat as many people as possible. And Elias is then informed of this sleeping sickness that is happening to these kids through Albert. And it didn't take much to evoke images from Dickens and things right. like yeah. that of, of what was happening to these people. It's, as if I needed more reason to love Albert and Elias. And then <laughs> they're know, out right? here being like, we're just heroes casually. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. And then when Dora goes with them, because Lady Carraway uh, suggests that they spend more time together do- helping Albert with his charitable works. And he's horrified about it. Well, I can understand. You wouldn't want to take a delicate lady to this fucking nasty ass shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dora's not delicate, so... It's yeah. all good. Well, especially because it wasn't just that they were women and they're therefore are delicate. They are trained to be delicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he can't stop doing his work because this person he's been forced to bring along can't hack it. And that's when we finally get to meet Miss Jennings. Yes. I love her. She's yeah. a former governess. Mm-hmm. Yes. And comes along as the chaperone and just immediately. It starts taking care of all the children and it's like well we got to get to work and change all the beds and do the things and mm-hmm. i'm like woman i know immediately i was like oh you are wonderful i yeah. am rather disturbed by the fact that dora's aunt pay you know told her pretty much even though she's supposed to be the chaperone that she should give them ample time alone oh you bitch well especially during that time period because the idea of giving them any time alone mm-hmm. is scandalous. Mm-hmm. Right. If they get caught alone just standing too close, it is scandalous. Yeah. Granted, I will give the fact that they are... I I don't think anybody actually realized what his... What he was really, really doing, even though he did try to, like, stress to them that, like, no, she shouldn't be coming with me for this. Oh, they certainly had no idea how bad it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, they weren't ever actually alone because there were people fucking everywhere and you know they're taking care of them and everything but still they would not be considered they would not be considered what is a civilized chaperone right an appropriate chaperone for them and miss jennings really did kind of just pop off to take care of shit because she realized how bad things were and she wanted to make things better for the people there in any way she could Right. Well, she feels very quickly shamed over mm-hmm. the fact that she has not really done her duty as a chaperone. But I think also Miss Jennings reads Dora and and Albert correctly and the situation correctly and is sort of like, he's what is he going to do? Take advantage right. of you in the middle of this? Yeah. I think she reads him even more correctly in that neither of them want anything like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think from day one, Albert was like, hmm, see, I have this friend. <laughs> yeah. He immediately is like, so Elias. And right. Elias is like, nah, man, that's no, 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 no. And he's like, yes, Elias, yeah. yes. <laughs> I think especially as Dora comes to the workhouses and actually is help is trying to help and everything and mm-hmm. he's like this is gonna work i'm gonna make these two work together i'm gonna make my friend happy if it makes him miserable <laughs> um talking about miss jennings though i found it really interesting that she is also technically from nobility 
but like a lower, mm-hmm. either lower nobility or she was like, you know, like the fourth or fifth daughter is what she said, mm-hmm. which I know was common that if you were lower on the chain, mm-hmm. you ended up being a governess or something. But later when she and Albert get together, I'm like, this is perfect. You're both middle siblings and you're just going to live a happy middle life together. Well, right, because Albert's older brother would never have been sent to war no. because he's needed to carry on the family line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta love all of that. But uh, I do also want to talk about what happens after the first ball, because obviously her aunt and the lady they're staying with have connived this idea that they're going to get them together. But also Albert's mother at that point is fully behind it. because She's like, maybe someone will make my son happy. And you're like, oh, which she's so (laughs) I love her so much. Like she is is the nice one of the conniving mamas Mm -hmm. in the situation. Like she literally just wants to make her children happy and everything, regardless of how that is. Mm -hmm. Later on, we get to know more of her. Right. So she's doesn't like Elias. And then there, this big blow up happens, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. And then she understands Elias more, Lady Caraway. Mm-hmm. And she's like, listen, it is bad, but we are trying to help and mm-hmm. you're trying to help. And we'll just keep trying to help the best we can. Okay. So you're not just an airhead bimbo. You're actually like a decent person. I also love that. So after the ball, you know, Elias has this plan of I will court her so that I can talk to her about whatever this ailment is and he does a really shitty job of it oh yeah that's pretty funny he shows up he's offending the butler he's offending the the lady of the house and he shows up at like 6 a.m yes which would offend the fuck out of me I'll tell you what Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. no don't do that and it's like 6 a.m after a ball they were out until like 4 a.m yeah those go late well, because at one point she says we had dinner after midnight. Yes. Was, yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And then I love that the way that Dora handles it is simply to say, you know, you should have brought flowers. <laughs> Not only that is that a great moment in that moment, but then when he actually shows up to court her for real later and he brings flowers, yes. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and they're cool flowers. Yes. It's like, there I remembered flowers screech. this time. For um, sure, when that happened, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a there was a big girl screech when that happened. When he when the, the flowers actually came, I'm like, ah! and he brings her magical presents. And this is also where we discover that she has these scrying powers that she can tap into. That it yeah. isn't just that she once looked in a magic mirror and saw a glimpse of the future, but that she can look into a mirror and see other things as well. And she has shown Elias and Albert on the battlefield. Yeah. Elias getting hurt specifically on the battlefield. Yes. Yep. And almost dying. Well, and we also see Albert save Elias's life. And so that's how she's able to connect to him and help help him understand how strong her connection is to magic, even though it shouldn't be that she's able to see all that she can just Right. And and it's not even she can see to the future or the past, right? She sees both ways. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she can see like the present, which is how she communicates with Elias when she's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And she can scry on him and they can actually like talk. Well, that for sure was one of my first heart flippity floppity moments. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, when she's, she's like trying to figure out how to scry with this mirror he's given her. And she's like, I don't, 
I don't know what to tap into to make this happen. So she's like, I, I assume she squints and does some <laughs> hard staring for a little bit. And then goes, well, both times Elias was in the vision. So maybe I need to think about Elias. And I was like, oh, yes, please do. <laughs> yes, think about Elias. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's all snarky when she finally does tune in on him. And she's like, he's like, finally, it took you long enough to figure yes. it out. <laughs> I was worried that I would have to, to give you... Uh, step-by-step instructions she's like oh that would have been nice actually yes you should have (laughs) that would help thank you my favorite is actually when they end that and i think elias is quipping at her about okay we're done here and she's like well i haven't quite figured out how to unscry yet yeah (laughs) he's like i can give you a push i was like sir don't you give me a push well and once again elias benefiting greatly from her just not not giving a fuck what she's wearing yeah because she's in her jammies <laughs> literally and he's like playing it cool but you know that man is freaking out on the inside uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. yes i see several inches of ankle <laughs> <laughs> he sees arm he sees ankle he oh my goodness the shoulders the scandal <laughs> You know, I was thinking as we were talking, this book, for being under 300 pages, has a fuck ton of shit in it. It's yeah, really it packed in there. Yes, it's it really does. packed in there, but not in a way that you feel rushed. No. No. And it it's really well done. She, I think the reason she's able to do this so well is because everything she shows you is connected in some way. It's yeah. There is no, I just thought this scene would be fun. Uh, it's all... Like the scrying could be like just a cute way for them to have broken the boundaries of societal norms, right? But then it becomes a factor in her ultimately getting rescued, but not yeah. in the way that you think. It's not like, oh, well, I can just escape through the mirror and everything's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Or it, we're introduced to Miss Jennings and we spend more time with her, not because it, she's just like, I'm going to waste time on this character. It's this character is then going to play a greater part in the plot. Right. And so I think that's, that's how she's able to do it so well is there's really no wasted space. Correct. On the note of the scrying, when she does end up going through the, the mirror, I'm jumping ahead a little bit towards. That's okay. We've never really (laughs) stayed in. Yeah, we don't do that. No, no. Yeah. Uh, and we will specify, not the mirror Elias gave her. No, no. That has been stolen from her. So I guess maybe I should back up a little bit. So eventually what does happen is Vanessa is able to make her connection with Albert's older brother. Yep. And they're like, great. Now, Dora, get the fuck out. We've been pushing you at Albert this whole time. But now that that's not necessary, we're we're done with that. So you're we're going sending back to you the back country. to the country. Yeah. Like literally today, you've got two hours to pack your shit. Right. And they didn't tell Vanessa, which what, do you honestly think that if she had gotten back and Dora wasn't there and they were like, oh, no, we sent her back to the country. She that she, We have lost oh, her yeah. goddamn mind. Yeah. She would have just made them br- go bring her back. Yeah. Well, I think maybe the reason that they didn't expect that is Vanessa normally is very people mm-hmm. pleasery or whatever mm-hmm. and for some reason her mom hasn't figured out that the one thing she will not budge on is dora right right i think that what little we do see of vanessa doing that before they get to london though i the reason maybe her mother isn't as worried about that is vanessa's really good at manipulating her mom on that front it's true mm-hmm. um and so i don't think that 
her mom really sees it in its entirety as that's what's happening. She just thinks her daughter's just so sweet and pleasant. She's so charitable to take care of her cousin. Right. That kind of shit. But so Dora goes up to her room and starts panicking because she doesn't want to leave. She she wants to see this through. She wants to figure out what's happening with this these kids who are falling asleep, especially because she's formed a connection with Abigail, who is one of the children that they have found in the, the workhouses, yeah. who has fallen asleep and she wants desperately to save her. Who currently they are calling Jane because they do not know her name. Right. Right. And so she goes to find the mirror. It's not there. She goes to to find some other way to contact him and there's or anyone. And then she starts thinking, okay, well, I can do this in any mirror because he's sort of coached her that way. And in the process of trying to think of of Elias essentially to find a way to save her, right? She has this inkling doubt that maybe he wouldn't be interested in trying to save her anymore, which is so sad. I know. I know. And uh, oh god, that that part was just broke me up. I was like, no, he loves you. He, you loves, he loves you so much. <laughs> but uh in and in her confusion, she's like, but I bet he wouldn't be able to or he would want me more if I was whole, and then yeah. finds herself face to face with herself. She scries on herself accidentally and discovers the emotional side of her that is playing the piano yes because lord hollowvale the fey uh guy that split her soul is obsessed with english culture and wants to like make his own version of england and fairy and so the theodora who in the book how we call the emotional dora is just playing the piano and she said that he's left her before playing the piano for like days days Yes. And she's compelled, so she can't stop. She plays until he comes back and her fingers would be bleeding. Yeah. Well, everything that Lord Hollowvale does, and this comes back to us talking about the Joker aspect of it, is a manipulated version of whatever is happening in England. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so things that are maybe fine in England are contorted into being something horrible things that were already not great but everybody turns a blind eye to are horrific yes and he it's all about he wants everything to be the most virtuous but he doesn't actually understand the true meaning of what that is yep and and makes sense because his perspective of what virtue is is taking the literal representation of what england says is virtue but is really just horrible behavior right like being rich right Mm -hmm. is the most virtuous thing you can do or what you know i don't know why he's obsessed with wearing five coats because having five grand coats implies that you are wealthy and therefore oh yeah yeah Yeah. he just doesn't understand that you're not supposed to wear all five at the same time yeah and and that's a perfect example of him like contorting something Mm -hmm. that makes sense but She's doing this very smart thing of bringing all of the flaws of that society into stark contrast with this manipulated version 
And you realize that even the quote unquote better version or the good version isn't good either. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, he has a version of the workhouse. So all of these sleeping plagued children, Mm -hmm. we learn are actually children whose souls he has bargained for and taken away. And they're all in his version of a workhouse, just untying hemp rope and retying hemp rope. And they can't stop and they just continue doing it. Bleeding fingers. Also, they're one of the workhouse men apparently threw a pregnant woman out on the streets. But then she, they do. He does end up buying the baby from that yeah. man as well because he then shows up with this baby that Abigail ends up having to take care of. Yep. Yes. And later on, we find out that that workhouse lord or what, what i'm not can't remember what they're called oh they're, i think it's just like a master, master sure yeah is eventually convicted of doing black magic mm-hmm. yeah well he that's the the root of the sleeping plague is he and probably the other uh workhouses because it was happening in other places too are making this deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sell off the unwanted children and then you get whatever he got out of it well, I, I, there's a throwaway line. I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's a moment where one of the characters makes the connection that that these masters are have too much wealth for the position that they're in. That they no, are above their it. status. So yeah, there's there's that factor to it. But I think that she does a really good job of showing this guy is evil because he doesn't understand our evil. Right. Mm-hmm. But. Human beings are the evil ones, really. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I just thought that I was like, you're doing you're doing it again? <laughs> Olivia! <laughs> and the ball that they have in Fairy is so fascinating to me. They have a chaperone like you would in the real world. I almost said the material world, like we're playing D&D. I mean, the material <laughs> plane. Kind of. And... Everything is supposed to follow this set of decorum, but it's so extreme. Dora can't even see people unless she's been introduced. Mm -hmm. And if she has more than one dance with somebody, they will be married. It's (laughs) fascinating. If she looked anybody in the eyes, the chaperone would then take her eyeballs. As you do. Right. (laughs) Well, so I want to draw your attention to one of my favorite lines in the book is Elias is saying this regarding the workhouses. He says, there is such a thing as evil in this world. It does not help to look away from it. It does not even help necessarily to look at it. And that's like a running theme throughout this entire thing. It's Mm -hmm, like you can only help a little bit. And it reminds me of this kind of mantra that I've had in my head for the last handful of years is Mm -hmm. that I can only help in my little corner of the world and hopefully that spreads out but that's all i can do Mm. and elias and dora and albert they're obviously not happy or satisfied with that any more than any of the rest of us are but it's all you can kind of do well and what isn't it elias who has to like comfort dora when she realizes how evil things are and Mm -hmm. he's like you you can only take on the small evils sometimes yeah and that becomes a running theme since we're talking about Elias, I yeah. want to go back to a couple of cute moments. Yes, okay. please. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Let's do it. Uh, the second ball that they go to mm-hmm. and he like turns all the lights out and has all the yes. twinkling fairy lights. I was yes. like, oh, my goodness. Because people apparently like any other ball that he's ever shown up with, they beg him to do things like that and he won't do it. 
But he'll do it for Dora. Yes, he will. And they dance the whole, whole night. night together. Scandalous. They're basically so scandalous. <laughs> I love that she like bold face lies about it too. Somebody's like, well, you danced the whole night with him. And she's like, I danced twice with him. I don't know what she's talking about, but you're crazy. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I love that you know how to bold face lie because you're like, nope, that would be scandalous. I don't know what you're talking about. Twice. Another note on Elias that I really like is they're talking about the power in names and he's like, and Dora's like, well, you, I already have your name. You already have my name, that kind of thing. And he goes, right. But I don't want to own your name. And I was like, yes, you do. motherfucker." (laughs) (laughs) There's also the moment. And this was the moment like I was already in love with this man. But this was the moment I was like, what, whatever you want, it is yours. (laughs) Was when they found Jane in the workhouse and he shows up because Albert like sent a a missive to him and he shows up and looks at the girl and just picks her up and walks out with her. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I know me too. I was, when he just like scooped her up and walked away, I'm like, Oh, that's my man. Yep. 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 Yes. You take that child and take her somewhere safe. And this is where Miss Jennings, you find out that she's actually a, a total one for the ladies. She's like, Mm, I have other things to do. And then Miss is done is like, yeah, I've got things downstairs. And they can have this like 20 minute cuddle session essentially for him to comfort her. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, like wingmen and women in this book that I appreciate because is Miss Jennings was Miss Jennings supposed to kind of fuck off and let her be with Albert? Yeah, but she did it with an actual purpose. Mm -hmm. Now, when it came to our our Lord Sorcier, she actually was kind of like, Okay, bye. (laughs) Actually, I don't need to be here. I also love their moment early on during one of their other scrying sessions. She just kind of sits with him kind of holding his hand. She can't really because she's like not fully corporeal. But when he's like really broken down Mm -hmm. and exhausted and has not found the solution to the sleeping plague yet. And she just like is there with him. Right. Like, oh, I've been trying to find in the book as you guys have been talking and I can't find it. But isn't there a moment when they're in fairy and he chooses to dance the second dance with her and he tells the chaperone like you gave me two options one dance or I marry her I choose Mary but isn't there a moment where he like admits to her that he was going to ask her he already asked her uncle yeah Yeah. I think that's when they come back oh Um, I thought it happened in fairy I thought it happened at the at the party yeah um so the part that you're talking about I did find it here it's basically Hollowvale comes up and Lady Morningwood, the chaperone, comes up and is Great like, name. <laughs> I know. Great the name. second it was said when and <laughs> like I I have never had a moment take me out that hard is the second they were like, This is your chaperone, Lady Morningwood, and I'm like yeah. I I giggled. Fully didn't get that till just <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> I was just like, sure, whatever. I was doing that thing where, you know, like, you're like, sure, whatever. Your name is blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was not registering that at all. But that's great. That's genius. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, (laughs) But uh, the Marquess, 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 Marquess. There we go. (laughs) uh, Goes, what's the meaning of this? Why will not release my daughter? Because he's pretending to be Lord Longshadow. So that's where that was. That shadow business was coming from. And he was like, I was told that I must marry her. And now I accept that fate. It's fine. And so later on, he's talking about it. 
Doris asks, you do? And he says, well, why wouldn't I? I sent a letter to Lord Lockheed asking for your hand in marriage a few days ago. Yes. Oh, my heart. Which means that basically he courts her one day and is like, letter writing. (laughs) I'm going to send it. (laughs) Yeah. And he must have really meant it because he went all the way to Ferry to rescue her. (sighs) Yes. And he never wanted to go there again because he did grow up in Ferry. He did. He is. We don't know. Is he half Fae? His dad was Fae? I, I don't know. His dad is a lord out. in the Fae. I don't know if he's half. Well, he's, well, he's at dead least now. part Fae because one of the reasons, one of the things that uh, Dora's finally able to deduce is she's like, the reason you couldn't heal was because there was iron mm-hmm. in the shards that were in your body. Well, she accidentally cuts him or... She accidentally burns him with the, the scissors. With the yeah. Scissors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of like puts two and two together and she's like, bitch, are you a fairy? Tell me now. <laughs> if you're a fairy, you have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> are you a cop? You have to tell me. <laughs> exactly. So where he is on that whole spectrum is unclear, but... He's been fairy cursed or something, right? His anyway. father is a fairy. He was a lord yes. in fairy. Elias killed him. Elias killed him. And then instead of becoming the next lord, which is how you become a fairy lord, which was an important thing to know because it then happens, mm-hmm. he, he ran away. Yeah. Yes. He just GTFO'd. Well, I don't know. I just like my heart was doing backflips this entire scene. Yeah. I was like, oh, my guy. Well, and then it ends with the duel, mm-hmm. which I love the fact that it didn't even get that far. And Theodora, you were right, it was Theodora, was like, bitch, she's got to die. Because mm-hmm. they were almost one at that point, Dora and Theodora, like their soul was almost together. The The way it's described is like the the threads of their connection are, are almost like latching onto each yeah. other, like growing mm-hmm. closer and closer together. And the two of them being essentially of one mind realize that even if he beats him in this duel that it does not solve the problem with what's going to happen to these kids they're going to die Mm -hmm. and the emotional theodora decides that she's going to make the move and she's going to stay because she's already grown up her whole life in fey so uh she takes her embroidery scissors that are given to her as a weapon and just stabs that man Mm-hmm. crazy like dora goes at it she's like guess what i'm gonna stab you from the back to your heart which is not an easy thing to do yeah no and they're embroidery scissors they are not big they are not meant for that no no <laughs> so, so, so she goes at it and then theodora is there to take up the essence of what makes you a fey lord right upon his death she basically says, hi, that's my father, because that's what he's been calling himself this right. entire fucking time. Hi, that's my father, and I killed him. Guess who's Lord now, bitch? It's me. Yep. Which I loved, because I was so nervous. I was so nervous that the end of this book, or the solution to Dora, was mm-hmm. that she would become one with her soul again. And yeah, I was like, I that's going to... No, I was like, that's going to erase this whole idea of her being honestly representation for neurodivergence Mm -hmm. by saying that she has to like be normal Mm -hmm. and that's gonna and how would that work with elias he fell in love with her the way she is which he then says a little Mm -hmm. bit later so i loved it and you can tell that it it would be a difficult transition for them anyway because the memories of 
living in Faye, Theodora, yeah. are starting to seep in and it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And of course the transverse is happening too. Yeah. And at the end, I, I mean, spoiler, I guess, but at the end they do finally come together. I honestly don't know how I feel about that. And I know it was just like the end of the epilogue. It was just like one line. And some people say that they went off and now there is a girl with the same colored eyes because that's the big thing is they each have like one almost grayed out eye. Yeah. In On one hand, I did not want them to, to join together. On the other hand, I did. And so for me, it kind of gave me the best of both worlds ending. Mm. My biggest thing that I was so happy that they didn't um, get together at the party and everything you know that they didn't fix her quote unquote Mm -hmm. was because she made the point about you know yeah the kids that are still asleep in the in london are going to be fine they'll be released when you know we cut the cut the strands and everything but what happens to the kids who don't have bodies to go back to anymore and that was the biggest thing and his response was it's better than what they're dealing with right now which is true which which is is true. true but emotional theodora's thing was okay well i marked my father i'm now the lord she took the strands herself and now she turned it into a loving place for them to live out the remainder of their existence in fairy yeah so that they would be taken care of and loved and i'm like oh i didn't see that one coming and it hit me in the feelers real hard sure did well the reason so the reason i'm happy that they stayed separated is that there are several lines that are basically saying like we've always been whole mm-hmm. it's yeah. we're just not as able to be in touch with one another yes. as we as somebody who's living completely in that one body right? right and so that's why i also still wanted them to come together because i i don't think it necessarily breaks the the metaphor i think it it just is an attunement to the person, the soul that she is, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I was happy that we got a little bit of that both because it sh- shouldn't necessarily be celebrated that you can't be in touch with this part of yourself, you know? Yeah. True. And so I think that she did it exactly right. The one thing, my interpretation uh, of the ending though, is because Elias is Faye and you do hear a lot that even though he gets haggard, he never seems to age, mm-hmm. especially in the novella. Albert mentions it like he he just stays the same. Mm-hmm. And so my interpretation is that Elias either doesn't age or ages much slower than humans, kind of like an elf. Mm-hmm. And so they have to go to fairy or else Dora would die. Right. Which is very likely. That's the probably the reason that they did end up going back to fairy is because she she would have died otherwise and he would have been left alone and i don't think he can take that quite frankly well and also in the ending which i thought was beautiful Mm -hmm. that the author mentioned that while elias and dora and albert and miss jennings who i don't think we ever find out her first name maybe we do we probably do i just don't remember it yeah anyway i don't even though they names i am female (laughs) (laughs) even though they continue to work towards getting rid of the workhouses and making better conditions that is not actually what happens i mean they work at it mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the english nobility continues to be horrible and pass horrible laws which i thought was such a beautiful ending not everything ha- ends happily ever after mm-hmm. no like our couple does but the world doesn't yeah well they, albert's mother i believe it is creates 
two beautiful orphanages yes. that actually gives a shit about the kids and everything and takes care of them wonderfully. She improved her part of what she could. Right. Mm-hmm. But I imagine at some point for Elias and Dora, you just get exhausted trying. Mm-hmm. Right. I also like that it's a complete affront to other fairy tales that say essentially say like, and now everyone lives happily ever after. Right. Because that, That's that can never be true. There's no way that you can magically solve all these problems. And she yep. basically spells that out for you. That even someone as powerful as Elias cannot solve all these problems with magic. Right. Oh, love it. I also, kind of going back to her not being quote unquote whole. I do also like that Elias makes it a point to say he's not disappointed that she didn't merge with her other half a soul. Right. Because he sees her as perfect as she is. And he fell in love with her as she is. Yes. I'm like, yes. yes, yes, Oh yeah. No, I got slutter bias. I'm like, yes. Well, that was my fear because Mm -hmm. not only if Dora and Theodore become one, does it kind of erase this beautiful allegory? Mm -hmm. It, also means that she's not the person Elias fell in love with. I mean, part of her still is, but she's not entirely. Well, and and yet, and yet, and this is where she did such a great fucking job with this story is, and also yet, yes, she is, right? Well, yeah. Because this version of, of Theodora has been feeling everything she's been feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, she even makes a point, and that this is one of my favorite moments where she says it's, basically and i'm paraphrasing because i'm not gonna look it up but it's your duty to try and be as happy as possible because i will feel it and i'm like yeah oh shit yeah i know i was like oh well and then theodora started getting the memories or at least the feelings specific to elias when they were talking about him and she's like oh i love him will i ever see him again and i'm just like oh my goodness right so there's also that part of it where i'm like so emotional theodora doesn't get to have elias that's not fair and then she just becomes a badass fairy lord so there's that that's true you win some you lose some (laughs) Mm -hmm. the the like freaked out moment for me was so dora wakes up to everybody but elias essentially yes so they were like, she has the sleeping plague. Oh, my God, she's sick. And Elias goes to Fairy. He's like, fuck that shit. She's mine. Um, And goes to get her. Well, she pops back up awake and he has to come back from Fairy the long way. Mm-hmm. So. I was freaked out. I was like, something's going to happen to this man. I know. I was like, OK, there's not enough pages. <laughs> so I'm just start doing the, uh, the reader math, right? Like, what's it going to be? I also thought... It was great, kind of going back to when Elias sees her. We have this moment. Uh, Vanessa finds her, and then uh, Elias, I assume, charges in all crazed. And he he comes in, and he's. she says she can feel his warmth, even though she's in Faye. And she can hear him talking, kind of. Yeah. And then she feels this warm pressed her lips. And I was like, <gasps> he tried to do true love's kiss. He did, and they oh, talked about it later. Yes. Oh, but maybe I that think was... that's the taste that we get of what that version of Dora gets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I like that we got like a little sprinkle of of that Theodora's point of view. Well, they talk about it too yeah. when Elias was saying, "Like I've tried, I tried everything," 
And she's like, you tried everything? Everything? Because I read that book. I translated it for you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) One of them things talks about true love's kiss. And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, you would have had to truly love me. And he's like, yeah, that that would be what I would have to do. I know. He he got like a little awkward there. And I was like, oh, honey. And well, and then she just because she's Dora and she's got no fucks. She goes, well, you know. Cause I love you. And yes. It's like, <gasps> well, she had a moment earlier. It was, I think when things were just like super drastic and fairy and she's like, I never told him that I loved him and I should have, I should have. Yes. And so then she just does it like, well, I love you. I'm like, ah, right. <laughs> well, and that's his reaction too, is he's like, Oh my God. <laughs> like he just freezes and goes, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh i love that he's simultaneously a nerdy awkward boy and a sassy loud brash asshole i'm like give me more of the, that yes. combo i love it i do too i'm like oh oh you don't know what to do with your hands ever sir so many heart flutters in this goddamn book but no. very much knows what to do with his mouth I bet he knows what to do with this amount. You don't get to learn it in this book because it's not a spicy book. But I don't know. That kiss at the end, I was like, that sounds like a nice kiss. Right. It was It was a nice kiss. I was like, oh, hello. Well, I, so as somebody who's neurodivergent, the, obviously there were points throughout this book where I was like, I, I totally get to Dora. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, me too. <laughs> um, but one that really stuck out to me was during the kiss. At one point, she goes, I'm really glad I chose not to pin my hair up because his hand's like in her hair. Yes. And, whatnot. and I'm like, that is a thought that I would totally have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, I have strategically planned out the best way for this. <laughs> that is a hard thing for me when it comes to the kissing and stuff like that. I can't. I. I get in my head real bad. Mm -hmm. And so then I start thinking thoughts when things are happening. And I'm just like, hmm, I wonder what's happening over there and stuff like I'm terrible. Like, there's a reason I am single as fuck. (laughs) And a lot of like her little thoughts about how she's being perceived. I'm like, God damn, calling me out. It's too much. (laughs) Don't be so rude. (laughs) Yeah, I, I really liked when she was talking about I have to I can't be too much. But I also can't be too little. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, like, where's the balance? And just like constantly lo- looking around to everybody, which is people talk about having to do that all the time, having to gauge other people's reactions to things to know what is quote unquote appropriate. Well, not to get on a feminist soapbox here, but in the book, Dora is clearly the the conduit for that conversation of, yeah. of neurodivergence. But Elias also would fall into that category yes. strongly. But mm-hmm. he's allowed to fuck around and literally be the rudest person in the fucking world. And he's able to do this because he has the privilege of be- having wealth and being a man. <laughs> and also an uh, extremely powerful magician. So nobody's yes. going to fuck with him because he'll quote unquote turn you into a frog. He likes right. to threaten that a lot. Right. He does like to threaten that a lot. I'm not sure he can actually do it. He can produce fire from his hands and everything. He very well might be able to do it. But I feel like... On some level, he just likes to threaten it because it freaks people out. I mean, how would they know any different? Yeah. You know? Well, it reminds me of this uh, idea of wanting to be perceived as the witch in the woods. Not because you're actually going to, like, curse anybody or anything, but you just want to be left alone. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Well, talking about Elias's um, 
I guess, representation of neurodivergence, you really get that in the novella. And I know, Danny, Mm -hmm. you didn't listen to it, but I don't really know the timeline, but it kind of feels like he just showed up recently Mm. from Faye. Mm -hmm. Um, I listened to the very beginning of it and then got distracted by something shiny and ran away. Um, (laughs) I kind of read that one late at night because I just finished this and I was like, well, I'm going to keep reading. Yeah. (laughs) But my memory of that, he does. it feels like he just sort of is there. I don't know. Maybe that well, he doesn't like he didn't really understand the fact that the people of France that he was fighting weren't necessarily the evil ones. It was the governments versus the governments right. either. He didn't have that understanding that they're just on their side doing what they're being told to do as well. Well, he doesn't understand lying. Like Albert has to explain to him what a lie is. It's because fairies can't lie. Exactly. They can distort truth, but they cannot actually lie which is really common folklore regarding fairies Mm -hmm. but what i was going to say to danny's point is that for many people they also don't understand that in our world today that it's not necessarily a good guys bad guys situation it is frequently just a bunch of people doing what they're told yeah and Mm -hmm. there being grave consequences to that yeah 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 I also think Elias's perspective is altered by that because there's this overwhelming guilt in him having such faith in humanity and the consequences of it. I think there's also, at least I got, a lot of guilt uh, from Elias having all of this power and yet not being able to actually impact much. Right. I could foresee, I could see that being a real big heavy thought in his mind as well because he wants to make things better. Well, I think Albert's the same way too, right? Mm -hmm. Like he is so smart. He has all of these skills to heal people and take care of people, but he's only one person. Well, many of the characters in this book really do want to see good things happen and to have good things happen and to as much as is in their power, do those good things. So much so that the people who don't are such a strong contrast, right? Like Vanessa's mother, like the whatever baroness viscountess whatever she is i think she's a countess sure that that they're staying with like you you're just like oh actually you are a piece of shit well and they're a massive contrast to lord and lady caraway albert's parents because you do learn after elias has that big meltdown at the dinner Mm -hmm. that they are helping as much as not as much as they can but they are trying to help they're the ones who are funding the orphanages and so is elias Mm -hmm. and you you kind of see that maybe they could do more and that was kind of the conversation between lady caraway and elias is you're you know we can do more and this isn't really touched on on this book but that is sort of a complicated thing as well yes they're living in luxury because of their station and the wealth that they have but they also are maintaining the life and lifestyles and livelihoods of all the people who work for them. Yep. Yeah. You're not doing any service if you fire the cook to help open up another orphanage because you've now added a whole family's worth of people who aren't being fed who then find themselves in the workhouses. Yep. So it's this weird delicate balance where they do have to maintain a certain level of wealth in order to support all the people that work for them. Right. Well, okay, I will say this. With regard to Lady Carraway, one of the things that she says that I think really tells us a history, and this is a, another example of uh, this author making sure that 
her lines aren't wasted is she says, you know, every time something like this happens, we we seem to be able to find more money to manage yes. to make this happen. And so maybe I could open up this other orphanage. With that one singular comment, you realize that Elias has been throwing these fits in their house over and over and over again. And each time it it hits Lady Carraway to the point where that's probably where a lot of her dislike for Elias at the beginning comes from because he's putting a magnifying glass on the things she already feels. Yeah. Yeah. Also just great writing mass disruption in her house. Mm-hmm. Because he comes in hot every fucking time. <laughs> well, it, to to put this in a modern sense, anybody who's paying attention knows at the very least that there's something not right with the way our world is working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if there, you've done all the things you're capable of doing and are still scrambling to try and find another thing to do, having someone scream in your face that you're not doing enough just feels debilitating it feels like well, nothing you you've defensive. done matters right. yes and and so if nothing you've done matters and nothing you will do matters and you're still not doing enough what like what other reaction is left to be had but one of either depression or defense yeah mm-hmm. no, that's fair and i think lady caraway is that is she is she's deeply affected but there's only so much she can do well, and I think, you know, we, we've really been talking up the writing, but Lady Carraway is another perfect example of a character not being wasted. Yes. Oh, yeah. She even takes Dora in. Yeah. When oh. fucking Lady Edding, Vanessa's mom, kicks her out, Lady Carraway is like, well, Come we with have me. room at our house. Yeah. You're mine now. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she, and she takes Abigail, too, doesn't she? I, I would assume. I'm pretty mm. sure they they both end up there i would assume mm-hmm. i have a question does the baby the infant end up with albert and miss jennings i don't know why i thought that but my brain thinks that well, i think the when... mother is still alive okay i don't think like there's never any mention that she died in childbirth or anything just that this baby is not currently in her possession gotcha all right i just i think where you got the thought process is because when when Dora wakes up and she says Abigail's name and Abigail wakes up, Miss Jennings then walks in carrying the crying baby. Maybe mm. that's it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I think they were kind of housing all three of them because mm-hmm. they were in the sleeping yeah. plague. You know, they were housing all three of them to, there as kind of quarantined mm-hmm. to get them out of the workhouse. Sure. Yeah. Well, once again, I'm going back to Elias because guess what? He's my favorite. Uh, the way you talked about him, like picking up Abigail and carrying her off. I'm pretty sure that's what happens to get Dora to that orphanage as well. It has to be. He has, ha- has to have picked her up and gone. <laughs> uh, you're coming with me. Oh, from her house when she falls asleep. Yes. Yeah. 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 He would. He would. Oh, yeah. No, he just he snatched her. He thousand percent would. <laughs> Um, I just want to talk. So when he's, you know, quote, quote unquote, courting her, uh-huh. when he shows up the first time and she's like, you should have brought me flowers. And he gives her the mirror. How much did you love the argument about we're going on a ride at this time tomorrow? And the, the countess is like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, I want to go on a ride with him. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 He was so put out by it. And I'm like, I'll go with you, Elias. <laughs> I I also loved this moment when she does finally find a way to scry in the water, which is fantastic. Yeah. 
But leading up to that, she's like been trying to find a way to get to Elias this whole time. And she gets through like just working her ass off to make water work as the equivalent of a mirror and gets through to him. And she's like, Elias, you need to wake up because you're going to be very upset if yes. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I like that even as you are in a life or death situation, you're throwing sass. Um, that would not mean me. Chef's I would just good. be screaming like, <laughs> Elias, wake up right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but that also like the scene that sets up that situation with abigail oh, was so great like yes we see them tying the the knots and everything uh, or or the rope but you get this sense of abigail as this kid who really has been fighting for her life mm-hmm. every second yeah. of her life and then she turns around and does the this like very soft thing of like I will take care of the baby, right? I will do it. Just 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 I will do it. Right. Just, just don't don't just give me the baby. Right. I may not know what the fuck I do it. I'm doing, but I know I'll do better than you. Give me the baby. Well, not only that, but as like a distraction, as yes. Dora and Theodora are like She's trying smart. to get downstairs. Yes. So what did you all think about the ultimate proposal then? You know, she's been waiting for him and he shows up making a ruckus. <laughs> well, Elias has to make a ruckus or else he's not Elias. It's true. Yes. Well, I love that the two, it's, I believe it was Vanessa and Miss Jennings are like, we got to fix you up. He's yes. here to have the co- the talk with you. <laughs> and Dora's like, I don't care. It just like goes downstairs anyway. And I'm like, that makes sense. At yep, least she that's... got a dress on. Uh, like a win is a win. <laughs> She's clothed this time. <laughs> I do like that it, the proposal happened in the garden where she was washing the dress. So he's almost already seen her naked there. It's true. I, I love um, his line, right? Because he's about to propose and he's like, I, I've had all this time to think of things to say, but surely I have nothing in my mind. <laughs> it's like, good job, Elias. Good job, bud. You nailed it. Yeah, I I thought it was perfect. It it was giving me all of the heart palpitations, even though he's already proposed like essentially twice now. <laughs> I think the actual proposal is him saying, I don't have anything to say. And, sh- and Dora being like, whatever you have to say doesn't matter. And he says, it does matter. One does not simply say, let us go and get married if you are amenable. And Dora says, but you did say that. And I am amenable. I still am. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we discussed this. I was on Dora's side. I was like, you guys have already talked about you this. You're about this. You're getting engaged. <laughs> done. What's done is done. <laughs> it's a very them proposal. Yeah. And it cracks uh-huh. me up. So with that... Are we ready to talk ratings? Yes. I believe we start with spice. We do. A fat goose egg. <laughs> there was some spicy ankle. And standing just... in stays. I don't know. I think it deserves a 0. 0.5 for the sure. kiss. I'll yeah, give you the that. Kiss was good. I'll give you a 0. 0.5. Yeah. But that's all. It was, I mean, it wasn't there. And that's fine. And that's fine. It, it doesn't didn't have to need be spicy. It. No. it gave me all the palpitations. Yeah. And that's hard for me. I was going to say, coming from Danny, that's a big mm-hmm. compliment towards mm-hmm. the book. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. then, naturally, romans. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Um, like a four point five. Same. Same. <laughs> I loved everything about so the romance. Giddy. They were sassy, sassy bitches to each other, and I love it. It's not even their romance. Like I was invested in Albert. I was like, get this man, get thee to the altar <laughs> with right? someone. Right? Every single one, I was like. Miss Jenny needs a man. <laughs> Albert, you need a lady. Let's go. Like every single one. I was like, we all need you to all be happy by the end of this. So, Well, and the more we got to know about the Caraway family, I was like, Vanessa needs to be in this family. Yes. Yeah. Because the one thing we didn't talk about Vanessa is that she is not as open or not as... Um, <sighs> caring it but caring is the wrong word like she just doesn't see all of the horrors in the world that dora sees Mm -hmm. and so being a part of the the caraway family she can be exposed to more generosity towards others yes also i think that dora and vanessa have a very symbiotic relationship yeah they they fulfill the thing that the other lacks and so for example Vanessa would never know what was going on in the workhouses without Dora. Right. But now she does and she cares. Right. Exactly. And similarly, Dora is not the best at sticking up for herself. And Vanessa's like, the fuck no. This is my cousin. Uh, She's she's my bestie. You fuck with her. You fuck with me. And while I might seem sweet Mm -hmm. on the outside, I'm full of poison. Even to her own mother. She's like, how dare you say that to her? Right. Well, and I think the way that it's described is that Vanessa is at least my interpretation of her is she is she is so focused on her little bubble but one of those things is helping her cousin and that is almost a consuming thought of hers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is how do I scheme and manipulate the world so that Dora can be better Mm -hmm. to the point where she was upset that Elias was focusing on the sleeping plague instead of helping Dora right yeah well I think too if we got a little bit further down the line and saw more from Vanessa being released of that burden. Yeah. I think that we would f- see her flourishing in ways that mm-hmm. we're not able to see in the book yeah. as is. So that leads to the overall rating. I fully gave this a five, man. I gave it a, like a 4.5. That's fair. I gave it a five as well. I don't think Danny, you've ever given a book on this a five. I've never given us a five. This is a double no fivers. <laughs> It's so well written and it made me flutter by and I, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hit it all. Had it all. Well, then what are your recommendations? Um, so I, <laughs> it has to be a combination because nothing is like this. Um, yeah. So it's a combination of Bridgerton and the um, Wix saga. The what? Wix saga. It's W-I-W-I-X. Is that the television show? Yes. Okay. The fairy one? Yes. Mm-hmm. So the Wix saga, it, it's about a, a fairy like high school, but there's the like fairy aristocracy involvement in that in that show and also changelings in that show. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But if you meshed the two together, Bridgerton and this and that, I believe that you would have this. So my recommendation is, no surprise, by Neil Gaiman, and that is Stardust. Uh, oh, that makes ooh, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, book or or movie. Uh, I think that they're both fantastic. Uh, I actually do lean towards this being one of the few exceptions where I enjoy the movie more. But that's just because the cast act the hell out of that. They like went in and they knew what they were doing. Uh, so either one. Enjoy. I actually am going to recommend 
the book I finished for this week, which is Paladin's Grace by T. Kingfisher. That is because it has some magic, but it is very low magic, which is kind of like this book. Even though Elias has all these grand abilities, the actual magic is is lower in amount or it just kind of happens sporadically. And there's a lot of political intrigue in Paladin's Grace, which kind of reminds me of of this book. So I would recommend that also because the two main characters are lovely and sweet together. And then I've recommended this before, but you got to watch it. It is Dimension 20, which is Mm -hmm. a tabletop role-playing game. Um, They did a Court of Fae and Flowers, which is literally described as fairy regency in the Feywild. Um, And it is so well done, uh, but it is more scandalous because they're just having fun. Um, It's very queer. It's an absolutely wonderful experience to watch that. Oh, sounds great. I do love watching tabletop games. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of recommendations, doesn't it? I believe that brings us to the end of the show, Liz. Take it away. All right, folks. Well, if you liked this episode, you can find us out on the socials at Wrong Dust Jackets, um, or you can find us out on our website at wrongdustjackets.com. And we would really appreciate it if you let us know your thoughts. Drop a comment on our TikTok, on our Instagram, um, or let us know in whatever podcast app you're listening to. Give us them five stars. We would love that from you. Otherwise, folks, that's all we got. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.